Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler. I'm doing this unscheduled Sports Scope. Didn't get a chance to do one last night. Still under the weather. Um, been on the weather for going on 10 days now with the uh, sinus infection, everything, everybody. I still feel like crap, but the show must go on. Uh, I just want to sell everybody my uh, thoughts and prayers or with the, uh, hey, Kenny, good to see you again, buddy. Uh, Nashville, Tennesseans here, uh, my hometown I'm broadcasting out of. Uh, last I've heard, there's 25 deaths in this tornado. Uh, one of the worst of my um, of my life living here. Most of my life, I've lived in other cities, but it, but it was really bad. And uh, like I said, my thoughts and prayers are with my friends and family, uh, colleagues uh, that live in and around the Middle Tennessee area. But anyways, okay, uh, a lot I want to talk about tonight. Didn't get to everything I wanted to talk about. I know there's a lot of big political news going on. And uh, I know a lot of you are following that. The Super Tuesdays, the Democratic primary and all that good stuff. But let's go to the real sports, okay? Uh, been hearing these rumors for the last couple of days. Uh, today, this seems to be picking up, even into the evening. And that rumor is the 49ers are talking about possibly trading back with the New England Patriots to get Tom Brady for Jimmy Garoppolo, okay? This is multiple source. Tom Brady to the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo back to the Patriots. Talk is a whopper. Tom Curran of NBC Sports Boston said during a Sirius XM uh, radio interview today, thought that the 49ers were closing hard on the outside. What do my sources say, Curran say? Might be on to something translation. <clears throat> of course, earlier this week, we know that uh, Tom Brady uh, was FaceTiming with Mike Vrabel at a game, and it was the lip-syncing gate, lip-reading gate, whatever you want to call it, gate of Julian Edelman. What did he say to Tom Brady? He's coming back. And then Tom Brady mumbled, no, I'm not. <clears throat> So before that, everybody's like, well, Tennessee's the favorite to land Tom Brady. Last week we had Jim, was it Darlington from ESPN, saying to be surprised if Brady comes back to the New England Patriots. So but now Bill Belichick and, of course, Robert Kraft, being the businessman that he is, wants to get something for Brady. And to get a 28-year-old quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, who already knows your system, uh, $26 million contract. It's a can't miss for a 43-year-old player. Uh, of course, this is off of, um, let me make sure I'm sourcing this right. This is off the Boston Herald. And also Colin Cowherd said he has the same uh, sources, has it sources well, that this could be a real possibility. Tom Brady being traded for Jimmy Garoppolo, okay? This is what the Boston Herald says. This is this evening. If the 49ers trade Jimmy Garoppolo before April 1st, they only get a hit with a cap number of $4.2 million, and they will free up $22.4 million, okay? 
Uh, it goes on to say, you know, Brady will be 43 in August. Jimmy Garoppolo again. <coughs> Excuse me. Like I said, I'm still battling this cough. I've had a sinus infection for 10 days. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, <clears throat> like I said, the next three years, the next two years, they make 27, 26 million. In this environment, that is a bargain, okay, Patriot fans. The third year would be 27 million. With the escalation of the acceleration of the salary cap, I think that is an absolute steal. So they will free up $22 million uh, for trading uh, Jimmy Garoppolo before April 1st. Obviously, this is going to happen before August 18th because that's when Brady can technically be a free agent. He can go sign anywhere he wants to. For those who don't know, Brady's from uh, – California, he's a big 49ers fan. It would come full circle for him. He grew up watching Joe Montana. Uh, that part will make sense. But let me ask you something. Okay, if the 49ers, who got to the Super Bowl last year, uh, got Jimmy Garoppolo under 28 years old under a crap, a cap-friendly contract, this is more of a question of, <coughs> excuse me, why would they want to trade a guy who got them to the Super Bowl? So my thing is that this looks more like the 49ers loving Brady than it does Jimmy Garoppolo, than them liking Jimmy Garoppolo. Why do you want to trade for a player for only two years? <coughs> like I said, everybody, this is one of those situations where they see more than we do. They being, <coughs> excuse me. They being uh, Cal Shanahan and the general manager, John Lynch, former uh, former player. So that's what I'm saying. <coughs> I'll tell you this, though. You give Tom Brady <coughs> with that 49er roster, that's a win-now scenario. That's right, Kenny. That's what I'm thinking. It's a win-now scenario. You buy yourself some more time as a head coach and general manager, if, <coughs> excuse me, if you win a Super Bowl now, that buys you credibility. That buys you credibility for years to come. You cannot take that away. It's a big difference between getting to a Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl. Look at the way teams' history looks at the Buffalo Bills, a team <coughs> with the four straight Super Bowls. Now you guys know I wasn't faking it being lazy. I've been sick for 10 days playing through it tonight because I'm down in the turn. If it kills me right here, you want to put me deaf in the, in, in the uh, tornado thing, put number 26 in there. I'm going to get this show done. Come hell or high water, okay? Uh, I don't care how much I got to cough. But my thing is, okay, like I said, this is an indictment on Jimmy Garoppolo. No matter how you want to spin this, even if this – is just a rumor, in air quotes, for my uh, podcast listeners. This is a this is an indictment on Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, my, that being said, what did he do in the playoffs? He had a few good good throws in the Minnesota game. He didn't have to throw the ball in the Green Bay game. They ran the ball for over two hundred yards. Okay, he did miss. He did miss a few throws in the Kansas City Super Bowl, okay? Has this happened before? <coughs> Absolutely. 
uh, Alex Smith. Uh, uh, Alex Smith, and of course, Patrick Mahomes upgrade. Uh, Alex Smith from, um, oh God, Ka uh, Colin Kaepernick got to the Super Bowl. So, but I've never seen one where you actually get to the Super Bowl when you lose. But hey, in life, you have to take chances. I mean, you know, before uh, Steve Kerr was uh, the other coach was let go from the Golden State Warriors. Then they got Steve Kerr, got him over the top, won the Super Bowl. So that's what they're thinking If uh, for the 49ers. <laughs> they're looking at a guy like Brady. They're, thinking, they're saying that he can make those throws that Garoppolo can't. Do they know something that we uh, that we don't know? Does the, the 49ers know something uh, that we don't know? My thing is, if this happens, who would get the better end? Conventional wisdom will say the 28-year-old who's making $26 million a year, right? Well, I don't know about that. Uh, Tom, uh, Bill Belichick has had problems as of late drafting skill position players, okay? Uh, they've missed on a few draft picks. We have to admit that. They would have to get free agents, okay? <laughs> Now he's got a cap friendly contract and you got Bill Belichick. But my thing is I'd rather risk Brady for two years. If I was doing the odds, Brady for two years with Cal Shanahan and that athletic defense with George Kittle, those receiving core, that running game versus the greatest coach of all time, arguably with this Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback. So that's my early take on this. I don't know if it's going to happen. I think it's a little bit crazy, but it's an indictment on Jimmy Garoppolo. There's nothing to do with Tom Brady. This is an indictment on Jimmy Garoppolo. If the 49ers pull the trigger, it says that they see something that we don't. Uh, like I said, I know that, that Garoppolo, uh, the criticisms of Garoppolo is his judgment uh, you know, going back a couple of years when he uh, dated the porn star and, 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 and they met in the public place in Beverly Hills, uh, the coaches and staff did not want to have to answer questions about that. That was a judgment call. Uh, uh, running, uh, not running out of bounds when he should have in the Kansas City game a year and a half ago uh, and, and, and getting that injury. I want to ACL tour or whatever. And being out most of the season, well, that turned out to be a blessing. Guys, they got Nick Bosa, but that was a bad judgment call. So his judgment uh, has something to do with that. It can be in the question versus a guy like Tom Brady, you know, a guy who will be 43 in August. Keep that in mind. So you're a Super Bowl team, and you're willing to do that. So maybe they see the indictment on him. It's an interesting story to follow. Uh, it makes good business sense for Bill Belichick. I mean, you rarely get Garoppolo. Versus nobody. I mean, uh, Jared Stidham, the draft, they're, they draft really far down this year because they made the playoffs last year. Why not take that chance? And, um, <coughs> Antonio, and go after Garoppolo. All I'm saying is it just seems like it, it seems fishy. Uh, if you had a gun to my head and the trade was made today, ask me who's going to get farther. I would say Tom Brady, even at 43 with this roster and coaching staff versus Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Uh, can Belichick figure it out? I don't think they'll figure out the first year. I'd give them about two years, possibly three. But Belichick's a fast mover. I said the second season, they make some strides to get back into it. But, uh, you know, a lot of people would say it's a slam dunk for the Patriots to get Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not so sure of that. We don't know what Belichick can really do without Brady. He won 11 games in 2008 without Brady. But remember, they did not make the playoffs that year. The Dolphins beat them in a tiebreaker that year. And um, that was with Matt Castle. Remember, that was with Randy Moss, Wes Walker. They had a that had a ready-built offense. That was the year that Brady uh, tore his ACL in the first game of the season. So that is food for thought. My early take is I would side <coughs> with the 49ers, <coughs> even though they made it to the Super Bowl the year before, over the uh, the Patriots because they don't have any skill players. Uh, they don't have – they have a little bit of draft capital. They don't have much under the cap. <coughs> so they have to have a lot they would have to do. Excuse me. I'm dying here, but I'm going to play right through it, Kenny. Uh, okay. So, like I said, that's a, that's a big story. It was talked about yesterday. It was talked about this evening. And it was also, like I said, tweeted about uh, this evening through Colin Cowherd because I know he has sources within the league. Okay, Joe Burrows. There's a story out on Monday that he wants the Bengals to keep A.J. Green. That is very uh, self-assuring, cocky uh, comment to make. Uh, according to Peter King, uh, football, <coughs> excuse me, football morning in America made it clear he wanted the Bengals to retain uh, free agent A.J. Green. The LSU quarterback did the best he could to distinguish the fires that he and his family uh, set regarding uh, interest playing in Cincinnati. One of the team to be competitive around him, that would give him Joe Mixon, Tyler Bird, John Ross. Uh, Tyler Boyd, excuse me, is a great uh, slot receiver. Used him a lot in fantasy last year. John Ross seemed to be coming into his own speedy guy. Uh, Joe Mixon's not a bad running back there. Used him quite a bit. So, uh, this guy is very cocksure of himself. Uh, he he lived up to the hype uh, last year. He had one of the greatest seasons. Some would say the greatest college season of all time. He reminds me of another cocksure player, Ben Roethlisberger. Before that, <coughs> you could also remind he might not have the arm strength, but he reminds me that self-assurance of a John Elway. Has a player, one player, a quarterback in the NFL, has a quarterback in the NFL changed a bad franchise, a historically bad franchise? I look, did a little bit of research this evening, and the answer to that question is yes. I have, I have many examples, okay? From 1980 to 1982, the uh, – the Denver Broncos did not make the playoffs. Prior to that, they never made the Super Bowl and they never won anything. The first year, uh, first of all, this uh, uh, long story short, a little quick history lesson. Uh, John Elway leveraged himself. He did not want to play for Mr. Ursay, Jim Ursay's father, 
with the Indianapolis Colts. He did not want to play uh, for him. They leveraged their way out of it, and they went to Denver Broncos, okay? But, like I said, Denver Broncos went three years without making the playoffs. 1983, when they took John Elway with the number one pick overall, they made it to the playoffs, 10 and 6. Okay? Uh, Colts. I'll make sure I'm getting everybody right here. The Colts were out of 13 seasons, 2 and 11. They made the playoffs twice. They missed it uh, 11 times before 1998. 1998, they drafted Peyton Manning. They were 3-13. In 1999, in 1999, they were 13-3. Uh, the rest is history. Uh, playoffs every year, other than the year Peyton got injured. Uh, the Super Bowl win. The Colts were historically bad franchise. They, they were... Like I said, go back to 1983. <clears throat> John Elway said, I will not play for the Indianapolis Colts. I'll go play baseball. I will not sign with you. That's never been heard of before. Okay? The Colts, fast forward to 1998. They draft Peyton Manning with the number one pick overall. His rookie year, they go 3-13. The next year, they go 13-3. and three. The rest is history. They go on to win Super Bowls. They win the division every year uh, before Peyton gets hurt. Fast forward to 2011. Peyton Manning sits for the entire year with a broken neck. They get the number one pick. In 2011, that was Andrew Luck. Compared to John Elway, uh, the Colts go 11-5 and five and go to the playoffs. I'm saying all this to say that for Joe Burrows, is that kind of player. I, I think he can be that kind of player. He's that kind of confidence. He can uh, motivate a guy like Mike Brown, one of the cheapest owners in the league, to do something that that blew my mind. This is very under, um, under talked about story. Joe Burrows gave the uh, he didn't give a hint. He basically gave a passive aggressive. I, I need you to do this kind of comment. I want AJ Green on the team to start off with. And my thing is, a player of Joe Burrows's magnitude can turn a historically bad franchise into a playoff contender. Dan Marino did it in 1983. Peyton Manning did it in 1999, the second year. The Colts were 2-11 and 11 out of 13 years, two playoff appearances before Peyton Manning. And then... Like I said, they had the reputation of being historically bad. Andrew Luck, this team was two and fourteen. Andrew Luck comes in, they're eleven and five, get the playoffs. 
I think the same thing. Now, here, here I know a lot of you, and I've said this before in this program, Zach Taylor is a position coach turned head coach. That's usually a recipe for disaster, right? My thing about that is, is Mike Brown is cheap. The, the, the head coach of the, uh, the, the, the owner, excuse me, the owner and, and general manager of the um, Cincinnati Bengals is very cheap. So, there's a good chance that he will let this guy learn on the job. He will give him every opportunity to win <coughs> because he simply don't want to buy, pay the buyout. This guy's got a four-year contract. He will let him coach all four years. If he screwed up royally, at, like for another owner, like a uh, Jerry Jones or somebody, if he did that, he may fire but this guy is so cheap, he may actually give this guy a chance to learn on the job. Meanwhile, uh, there are weapons there. This team did make it multiple times with uh, Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis. So they're not as bad as we've been making them out to be. Uh, they've had some problems in the past where they were on hard knocks wanting to convert it defensive end to a tight end instead of signing another tight end. That made him look bad. Mark Schlereff mentioned that. But Joe Burrows could be the savior for Cincinnati. I mean, that one comment, that that is, you know, you know what that reminded me of? That reminded me of the comment that Ben Roethlisberger said to Bill Cowher when they were in the Super Bowl against the Seattle, <coughs> excuse me, Seahawks. And uh, Jerome Bennis was trying to get his first ring and um, Ben Robsberger, second year player. They're up uh, in the game and uh, somebody's mic'd up. There's a there's a live mic beside Bill Cower and Ben Robsberger. And I think it was NFL Films. Ben Robsberger, Bill Cower says, OK, let's run the ball. Let's protect this league. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Bill Roethlisberger looked at him and said, listen, I didn't come here to lose. But he didn't look at him. He, didn't, he wasn't very bold. He just kind of stood off to the side. He said, I didn't come here to lose. And he said, okay, yeah, well, let's, 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 let's be aggressive. And he starts clapping his hands. I think this guy is 23, 24 years old, telling a veteran head coach, in the National Football League, I'm not coming here to lose. That's the kind of confidence it takes to win in this league. That's what you want your quarterback to have. Now, that's a little too bold for me. But that kind of confidence, uh, it settles in on the team. You know, when, when you've got that kind of confidence, like I said, I mentioned Josh Allen. He's got that kind of confidence with the Buffalo Bills. The other side of the ball plays better when Josh Allen's under center. Same thing with Ben Roethlisberger. But that's that's what, when he's already met and be clear, I mean, that is very sure of himself. This guy, like I said, arguably – the greatest college season of all time. I saw him trended upward in 2018. Hold on, everybody. I need to change out my thing here. 
Okay, here we go. So, <coughs> excuse me. Like I said, I'll just keep coughing and keep on moving, keep pushing the rock. But, you know, like I said, Joe Burrows is, is – I think he's a special player, you know. I think I think he's going to be the best player in this draft. I, I understand a lot of people how on Tua. Tua's had two – he's had three injuries in college. One serious hip injury. Looks like he's going to be okay. But um, – I, I, this this stuff like Joe Burrow's a flash in the pan. I, I don't buy that. I think this guy's going to be the real deal. And, you know, Steve Kerr said about Michael Jordan, he said, people ask him, they said, what, what, what separated Michael from everybody else? And Kerr said, it was that level of confidence that we knew we were going to win as soon as we walked into the arena. I've never been around anybody like that. Remember, Kerr played for the Spurs. Uh, he's coached these Golden State teams. You know, it's just that type of confidence that he loses. This guy's a rookie, but he's got the it factor in Joe Burrows. Very impressed by that. Uh, a lot of people could take that in different directions. I'm not one of those people. Uh, watch a little bit of combine <coughs> on the weekend. And I just want to remind you all, before you want to pay your running backs, I, I love Derrick Henry. Uh, it was fun here in Nashville, Tennessee, watching him run like like a um, Earl Campbell, Eddie George, Jim Brown, O.J. Anderson, who uh, running back for the uh, New England or the New York Giants, running over people. 180 yards in three straight games, 25 years old. He's a hoss. He's like a truck running downhill with no brakes, <coughs> like, a, like a semi, okay? Love watching this guy play. But I was watching the, the combine over the weekend, and I looked at Jonathan Taylor running back out of Wisconsin. He was a, a Heisman front runner for about half of the season. And then they had some unfortunate losses. This guy runs 4-3 down and a 4-4-1. He's likely to going to be the number one running back off the take it off the board. Jonathan Taylor, running back from Wisconsin. Then I see Cam Akers, 4-4-7. Top-notch running back out of Florida State. Five-star. Uh, one of the top prospects out of high school. Uh, had quarterback issues. Really good, solid player. And my favorite, J.K. Dobbins. Now, Dobbins didn't run in the combine, but I was thinking about Dobbins during the combine. Uh, very impressive run down the stretch for J.K. Dobbins. Uh, run <coughs> excellent after contact. Hits the holes, catches the ball. 2,000 yards last year, 21 touchdowns, 6.7 yards per carry. A uh, little bit of Edmund Smith there, a little bit of Aaron, um, Aaron Foster, running back for Houston. These three running backs are great. And I'm looking at that, and I'm looking at the running back salaries for the running backs who um, – <clears throat> somebody keeps sending me something here, and I'm going to knock it off here. Some computer keeps doing this. So I'm looking at the playoffs. And I'm looking at the what these running backs are making. 
in this playoffs in the Super Bowl. I saw Derrick Henry. I mean, it did a great job. $1.7 million. Okay. Uh, Damian Williams. He was what made a lot of big plays, had the separating touchdown to set the uh, Chiefs ahead in the Super Bowl. What do you know? $1.7 million as well. And uh, the number one running back for the opposing team, the 49ers, Raheem Mostert, what do you know? $1.9 million. Okay? Let me go over the highest. Here's my point, guys. There's great running backs in the draft. Don't pay your running backs. Not that, you know, I know that I know that uh, Melvin Gordon, Zeke Elliott, both Melvin Gordon's watched two sports scopes. I know you're a free agent. Nothing against you, man. Um, Derrick Henry here out of Nashville, love what you did. Nothing against you. Love to see you get paid, but this is a salary cap. I'm a bottom line person, okay? Zeke Elliott, $15 million last year. They didn't make the playoffs. Todd Gurley. $14.4 million last year. Uh, has arthritis problems. They didn't make the playoffs. I guarantee you there's regrets from the sidelines, uh, front office of the Rams, that <coughs> paying Todd Gurley a year early, that money coming off an ACL when he was in college, just saying, okay? No playoffs. Le'Veon Bell, New York Jets. $13.1 billion. He set out a whole year with the with the Steelers. Uh, goes to the Jets next, the next year. A highest paid running back. Uh, well, he's $13.1 million. What the Jets do? Well, they didn't make the playoffs. That's all that matters. Cardinal, love, love David Johnson. Got great player out of Memphis. Went to Iowa, I want to say. Uh, great fantasy player. David Johnson made $13 million last year. Uh, he was beat out by Kenyon Drake. A trade uh, <coughs> from Miami. Excuse me, guys. I hate to keep coughing on you, but I, I'm going I'm to get this show done if it kills me. Uh, Devontae Freeman, Atlanta, $8.3 million. Atlanta didn't make playoffs last year. And number six, Saquon Barkley, number two overall pick. I said they should have picked Sam Darnold or a quarterback in that draft, just saying. $7.8 million. What do those running backs have in common? No playoffs, no playoffs, no playoffs, no playoffs, and no playoffs. The top six, no playoffs. Uh, nine and ten were Lamar Miller. And Duke Johnson, both for the Texans, yeah, they made the playoffs. So all you Derrick Henry fans, uh, <clears throat> I understand if you're going to sign Tom Brady, you want him to be assured he got a top flight running back. I get that. But if you could get Jonathan Taylor for $1.9 million, get a – Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins versus 15, 13, and 13 for guys who are not in the playoffs. 
go right ahead. Wouldn't you rather play your guard that Jack Coughlin, Tennessee Titan fans, uh, Melvin Gordon fans, <laughs> just saying, you know, went through the top, the top six players running back did not make the playoffs. Now you can say, well, it's more two and that. Let me tell you the guys that were in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. Damon Williams, 1.9 million. Uh, let's see. Derrick Henry, 1.7 million. Raheem Mostert. He's the running back, the lead running back for the 49ers. $1.9 million. I I grew up in there. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something, America. What team signed a big free agent running back that won a Super Bowl in the past 20 years? What team signed a big free agent running back that won a Super Bowl in the past 20 years? You can't name it because it, it didn't happen. Um, Joseph Adai, a lot of people think that Adrian James, Adrian James left for free agency with the pay, with the Colts. Joseph Adai came on in 2006, 2006. He helped them win that Super Bowl. Adrian James wanted too much money. They couldn't afford him, you know. But, you know, like I said, what big free agent now – there was a player that he was getting older in age, and I remember uh, Corey Dillon, I want to say in 2003, signed with the Patriots. But he wasn't that big. That wasn't his big contract. That was He was on the back end of his career, and he wanted out of Cincinnati so bad he couldn't see straight. You know? Jonathan Taylor, 439-441. Heisman candidate, he set the world on fire in the NFL. Cam Akers, J.K. I mean, I take J.K. Dobbins over any. I'm no Dobbins is money. I've seen him since his freshman year in uh, at Ohio State. So that's something to think about, football fans. Don't play these running backs. Go out and draft one. Uh, they found Derrick Henry in the second round. He act like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know. Uh, by the way, uh, <coughs> David Johnson, he was a third-round pick. And now they're trying to get rid of him, you know. But they can't because his cap number is too high. Okay, last but not least. Um, in management and life, I always say, I, I, the only thing I've learned about this in, in relationships, uh, treat people the way you want to be treated. You know, it, it's very simple. It, it, you know, my dad used to tell me this a lot. He said, it's not what you say, it's how you say it when you're, when you're managing somebody or uh, when you're asking somebody to do something. Now, I used to work for a security firm. It says, be polite but firm. And what I'm talking about is... James Dolan and Spike Lee. Um, I've been one of those few that has defended James Dolan as owner over the years. 
And because I know he spent the money on Phil Jackson. He spent the money on Isaiah Thomas. He spent the money. But, you know, he's one of those people that he, he, he doesn't have the proper people skills to be successful. He always feels like he has to. He just, I don't know him personally, but from what I've read and what I see, he comes off as a guy that feels like he has to talk down to you or he feels like you're trying to intimidate him. Other than consoling people, making them feel comfortable, uh, making them feel wanted, making them feel needed, being a good house a host. But, you know, he owns a team. So if I own a business and you're my customer, I want you to feel welcome in my business. You know, there was an incident between him and Spike Lee uh, with throwing up his hand, Spike Lee. Now, Spike Lee has been known to be an arrogant jerk at times, you know. And normally I would cut Dolan some slack here. But I'm looking at this. He had the same similar incident where I'm sure Do uh, Charles Oakley, who was drunk and out of control, Spike Lee's known to be drunk and out of control. But it's the way that Dolan comes at these guys. And it's that, that aggressive, uh, it's a privilege to be here. I'm doing you a favor by letting you come pay me. And Spike Lee, they did the, they did the math. This guy has spent $10 million over 28 years on basketball tickets to a team that <coughs> – hadn't won a championship in those years. I want to say they've been in the finals twice in those 28 years. In 99 and in uh, 94, the year OJ was running from the police or whatever in the white Bronco chase when they lost to the Rockets. And then in 99, they lost to the Spurs. Been, gar been a dumpster fire ever since. But my thing is, treat people the way you want to be treated, man. It, you know, if it, Spike Lee is going into the employee entrance. Like he said, why don't you just send him an email? Why do you have to make a scene? Why do you have to make a scene and make yourself look like you're superior to people? You know, there's a book, It's and I, I, I can't refer this enough. It's called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And it's talk about showing empathetic to people, listening to people, memorizing their name, being polite, treating someone like a human being. That's a book that somebody like James Dolan needs to read. He's a guy who was born rich. He inherited the team. You can tell he didn't sweat blood for the team. Let me ask you something. Would Tillman Fertitta, the owner of the Houston Rockets, ever have an issue like this? He wrote a book. <coughs> It's really good, by the way. It's called Shut Up and Listen, and, and, and he started in the restaurant business. He says, never tell nobody no. I mean, if, if you want breakfast at a certain time, it's not breakfast. We'll charge you more money, but we'll get you some breakfast, you know. That's Tillman Fertina, the owner of the Rockets. You never hear Jerry Buss have incidents like this. This is the second incident that's been public with James Dolan. Excuse me, it's a third a uh, guy said you need to sell the team, and he says I'm having you removed from the stadium. He's he got thin skin. He he's one of those people. <laughs> like I said, it's not what you say; it's how he comes about. People like 
I'm 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 the ruler, and I'm doing you a favor by charging you these overpriced uh, prices to come see this garbage team. You'll never hear that out of Tim Fertitta, the owner of the Rockets. You never hear this stuff out of Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys, uh, the late great Jerry Buss of the Lakers. You never hear this stuff. I mean, Jerry Buss has a lot of stars, uh, Jack Nicholson. Uh, you never hear him over the years in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. You never hear him saying, you ever hear complaints about, well, Jerry Buss did this to me and he had me kicked out. He had me arrested. This is a third incident with James Dolan. And like I said, normally I would side with him because it looks like the Charles Oakley uh, was drunk and I, and it looks like, but it's just the way Dolan approaches these people and he tries a strong arm and look like that he is, uh, he's using that aggressive approach rather than having a more friendly <coughs> approach. Like I'm thankful for you being here. I appreciate you spending your money. We've changed our policy, man. We, we can't let you, uh, can you please not use the employee entrance? Just use the regular entrance. You know, use the VIP entrance. Instead of trying to always be right and look good in front of the, the media and the public, don't ever let it get that far, you know. And I'm telling you, it, it, it's it's too many occurrences with him. Or maybe this is why the team's bad. It, it's just the way he comes about people. Instead of being, you know, respectful and thankful for someone like Spike Lee spending all that money on a garbage team. Like I said, I'm not the biggest Spike Lee fan in the world. I have a lot of few choice words for some of the crap that he said done over the years. He made a fool out of himself at the award show a couple of months ago where he's drank, he's drunk and acted a fool. But in this case, it, it's just James Dolan is a guy that it, it's hard to pull for him, you know. You want the Knicks to come back because it's good for the league. Uh, they're a big market. They're the biggest market. The biggest market out there, people-wise. Uh, huge fan base. And I keep telling Knicks fans for years and years, the few that I know, when I was living up there, I said it every time I got a chance. You stop showing up to the games and he'll do something about it. He'll either sell a team or he'll be serious and change his ways. But if he keeps showing up <laughs> any money, you know, nothing's going to happen, you know. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Uh, my dad would say it's more than one way to skin a cat, you know. I mean, it's, it's a, always a way to address somebody with a respectful manner. Don't make a scene. Don't try to show him up. Don't try to embarrass him or her. It's these are management skills. And I don't think that you would get that kind of response. You know, I was talking about, for those of you just now come on, about this James Dolan Spike Lee thing. And, you know, you want to take James, James Dolan's probably in the right. It's just the way he approaches people with that lack of respect and I'm here and you're here. People don't like that, especially people spend a lot of money to go to these games. So that's all I have to say about that, as you guys can see. I'm still a little sick, but I'm battling through it. Uh, again, um, my thoughts and prayers and my fellow Nashville Tennesseans that you guys come together. We get through this situation with all these tornadoes and all this damage. 
Uh, well, the families that died in Middle Tennessee, there's 25 deaths here. That's really crazy for a tornado. Uh, <coughs> I just want to send that out to everybody. Uh, if you like the show, share the program here on Sportscope. Uh, you can find me, uh, retweet me, like me, uh, share it on Facebook. Uh, I've got a um, podcast here. You can find a podcast here, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts. If you want to advertise on this program, uh, you can reach me anywhere. You just Google Sports Scope on Facebook, inbox me on Twitter. Uh, of course, you can uh, email me, sportsscope at uh, sport, the word sports, the word scope at gmail.com. So, uh, have a good night, everybody. I'm about to, uh, take a couple of Benadryls and crash call in the evening. I will likely see you tomorrow here on sports scope around 11 PM central time.